Hello and welcome to the HR Means Business podcast, which is part of the HR Happy Hour Network. I'm your host, Mervyn Dinnan, and today I'm going to be talking to Gary Cookson, who's somebody I've known for many years, about a topic which maybe doesn't get as much coverage, and that's hybrid working. Um, we hear a lot, and in fact, I've I've recorded podcasts uh, already this year uh, around uh, flexible working, around a kind of office, uh, uh, kind of the mix of going into the office, remote working, but hybrid working in itself is a very different uh, kind of uh, approach. Uh, Gary has written a book about hybrid working, and in fact, is currently researching a second book. So, uh, Gary, would you like to introduce yourself and tell people a bit about your background? Yeah, thank you, Mervyn. Thanks for having me on, and hello to everybody who's listening to this. Yeah, my name is Gary Cookson, and I, I introduce myself in a, in a particular way to people when I, when they ask me what I do. And I always say I'm a father of four, husband of one, and I get a little bit of spare time. And in that spare time, I run my own business. And that's because I live my life in, in those kinds of proportions and in, in that sense of priority as well. My business is epic, and I my my work involves me working with individuals teams organizations all over the world helping them to become better at whatever matters to them which is of course quite a broad church but my background is in hr l d you've got 20 something years experience at direct level in the public private and voluntary sector and and now run my own business which i've been doing for nearly six years and my work as i say well theoretically takes me all over the world it, it doesn't actually uh, the people who I work with, they're based all over the world in some lovely location, but I'm usually stood here in a bedroom in my own house, which, if I'm honest with you, Mervyn, when I was growing up and imagining what running a global business was going to be like, this wasn't it. <laughs> but that's the reality of the world of work that, that we live in, the hybrid world of work, and, and hence some of my research. But I've been doing that for 20-odd oh, years. It isn't something that came new to me when the pandemic hit. So my, my first book was all trying to distill some of my experiences down about how we lead HR and L&D teams in a remote or a hybrid working environment, because that's what I've always done. And in 2020, the world caught up to me. <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, that's a great explanation. And, and you know, the world catches up with you eventually. You know, if you're a thought leader, the world will catch up. Um, so I suppose the first question would be, you know, um, uh, what is hybrid work? You know, how is it different? As I said, uh, when I introduced this, we a lot of the conversation is about in the office, out the office. It's kind of, you know, mm. remote. Uh, but but I suppose for listeners, yeah, how, how do you define uh, for the purpose of your research in the books? How do you define hy hybrid work? Well, in, in books, I, I don't define it, which sounds really strange, but we have real problems, I think, in agreeing what it is. If you went on to say, you know, I do a lot of speeches and presentations and I, and I images from stock image sites for my slides and so on. And I have to find slides that represent hybrid working. You go and search for the term hybrid working on any stock image site. You, you don't get anything. That's the problem. You don't get anything because nobody really knows what it is. You get images of hybrid dogs, hybrid cars, hybrid plants, but you don't get anything about hybrid work because there's no real definition about what it is the only way you can actually get close to understanding what it is is by starting out looking at what it isn't and that's the only thing that's really clear what hybrid working isn't and it isn't fixed time fixed location working nobody likes it if you were to do a straw poll of, of people listening to this podcast now and ask them if 
if they like being told their work must take place at a fixed time, fixed location, you get hardly anybody saying, yes, they like that. And so everybody agrees what they don't want. Everybody agrees that they don't want fixed time, fixed location working. And that's the opposite of hybrid working. But then when you try and understand what it is, you get into real difficulty because there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. What, what you think hybrid working is, Mervyn, and what everybody else listening to this thinks it is, is likely different than everybody else and different to what I think it might be. There's no one-size-fits-all approach to it. We all have a very personalised employee experience. And hybrid working never has been, never could be the same for everybody. We just know what it isn't. But what it is, is very, very contextual to whoever it is that's doing the work. That must create, I suppose, uh, a great deal of... of um... Uh, ambiguity, should we say, for HR, for people who manage and lead teams. Um, so what, yeah, I suppose, what at the beginning then, if you say um, to a client of yours, or if you say to somebody that that, that, that you're working with uh, about hybrid work, how, do you, how, how does the conversation evolve? Firstly, do you have to get them to define what they believe hybrid work is for them and their business? Ideally. Yes. And, and sometimes they've done that already. And, and often I will challenge the assumptions on which that definition has been built. But if they haven't and they want to start from scratch, that's, that's often much easier because you can really contextualize it to that organization's environment and the people within it. The problem is with, with hybrid working is that organizations often go with an, an often arbitrary split based on days of the week two days here, three days there, or some variation of that. And they've usually chosen that first, and then they try to make everything fit a particular model. But that's not helpful. That's putting the cart before the horse. If you start with that arbitrary days of the week split, you've got some real challenges then in terms of organization design, uh, the, the way that people communicate with each other, the way that work flows around the organization has got to be shoehorned into that particular approach. Whereas if you started by examining that flow of work and the, the organization design, the principles on which the organization is, is built, you do that first. You then get to a point that you realize what the best and most appropriate hybrid working model is. And it might be two days here, three days there. But if you get to that point, that's your end point, not your start point. So sometimes I find with my clients, they, they've got it back to front. And I have to challenge them quite a lot to, to unpick. Why did you come up with two days here, three days there? What's the science behind that? What's the analysis? And often there's none. So there's real problems with, with the organizations in that they've, they've not just started with the end in mind. They've gone straight to the end without doing all the hard work first. Is that led by individuals the employees is it because they they don't really know what they want um i mean what as an employee i suppose that you've said you can't really define what hybrid work is because it's different for different people and for some people yeah. it will be at hours and time i suppose for some it will be days for some it will be location for some it will be yeah. a mix um but obviously there, there are a number of people in in the workforce who have other outside um 
um, responsibilities. You know, carers, I'd be yeah. childcare, be caring for the elderly. So, is it is 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 hybrid work ever definable as to what it is, or is it just what is it the way the individual feels they can achieve the results they need to achieve? It's not definable, but I also think we don't need to try to define it how would we define work so if we leave off the label hybrid and just talk about work there's no universal agreement on what work means and we don't try to make it so either because every job is different every task is different the way individuals do it the way they think the way they act the way they communicate is all different if you went onto those stock image sites and put in work you'd get a myriad of different definitions of images that represent work why should hybrid work be any different? Why do we feel that when we're trying to do hybrid, we have to land on a rigid one-size-fits-all model when if we just took away the label hybrid and tried to define work, we would realize we couldn't? It is different for all the reasons you say. People have different needs and demands on their time and different outside work responsibilities. And what we're doing now with remote and hybrid working is recognizing that some of that work maybe all of it, can be done in a different location, that people don't need to be all their time co-located, physically close to other people. The technology is there to enable that to be done at different times, different locations, and it's changing the nature of what work is. It's changing the dynamic of the, the employment relationship as well. It's a very personalised approach now that we have, because even if you and I, Mervyn, we might do the same job, and if we're co-located, we might sit next to each other doing that same job. But if we've got an element of, of remote and hybrid working, for some days of our week, we're doing that same job in a different location with different equipment and different environment around us because we don't live in the same house. And you know that might be advantageous to, to, for lots of reasons, but we don't. And therefore, your values and the way you approach your work when you're not in the office is going to be different than mine. And therefore we have to build something that reflects that. And currently organizations are not really doing that. What what would you say is the big mistake or, or the, I suppose the two or three big mistakes they make at the start, you say they're not doing that at the moment. And, and how are the, how, how are they starting on the wrong path? Should we say? Well, often they start on the wrong path by going with that arbitrary days of the week split and thinking that that is doing people a favour. It sounds really good, doesn't it? Yeah. Two days in the office, three days at home or the other way around. It sounds like you're doing people a favour, but that isn't hybrid working. That is flexible working, which is something else. What you've got there is some people working at home for some of their days of the week and in the office for the rest. That's it. That's not hybrid working. So that's the most common mistake is you start with that principle. What you do need to start with, where you can avoid the mistakes, is being led by the tasks themselves. Think about your job description. Your job description has got a dozen or more tasks on it that you perform on a regular basis. Probably not all your tasks, but certainly the big ones are there. We need to look at each one of those. We need to look at whether those tasks individually need to be done at a fixed time or fixed location and work out the balance of the overall job, how much of that needs to be done at a fixed time, fixed location, and which bits don't. Then we'll be able to see for that person doing that job, what percentage of their time they must 
be on site and what percentage they've got some wriggle room about to do something else with. Once you've done it for one job, you can then do it for the next. And you build up job by job, team by team, department by department, until you know what the approach is for the whole organization. What you'll get is a different model, different approach for hybrid working for each job because the tasks being done and the individual doing them are different. But you've got something that will work. You've got something that will be reflective of how the work is done. And if you wanted to try and standardize that then across the organization with that uh, two days here, three days here, there, you could at that point by changing the tasks themselves and the way the tasks are done. So this is job redesign. This is job crafting, moving processes from one person to another or automating them or outsourcing them or looking for ways to do them in different ways. And it's redesigning work itself so that we can get something that matches the way the individual wants to live their life and do their work. That's, that's interesting. It, it, it's a whole different, as you say, approach and maybe a way of looking yeah. at things. And you're right. We, we historically, and I guess, uh, well, I say, I guess, I, I suppose for a lot of this, we are looking at kind of knowledge work, office-based work, as opposed to, um, I suppose, manual work, shall we say. Um, but having said that, um, I mean, are we at a time when, you know, this this kind of approach will go uh, or, or will be adopted outside of the, I suppose, the most obvious sectors? Yeah, I think so. It, it's obviously lends itself better to knowledge work. But if you think about the disruption we're facing in in work through things like artificial intelligence and and, and automation of lots of different things, it will open up possibilities to do the tasks in different ways so lots of of jobs at the moment that cannot do hybrid work involve either close work with another person so caring type jobs or they involve using machinery or moving things about physically now some of those things will be disrupted by artificial intelligence in the future and there is your opportunity to actually redesign some of that job so that some of it has more flexibility than it previously had. It doesn't mean they have to go and work at home to do those tasks that are now flexible. It means they could, or it means they could be done at different times of the day or the week. It just opens up more possibilities to get hybrid working into every single job, as opposed to a blanket, no, you can't do it because your job involves moving this box from there to there. Well, eventually, there'll be a robot that can do that. So what do you do in the intervening time and where and when do you do that? There's opportunities coming for every single job. What's, what would you say from the research you've done, I suppose, is the impact on individuals? Because work for some is obviously, I mean, we talk all the time and I'm, you know, I, I've written and talked a lot about, you know, employee experience and things like that, um, the, the, which really isn't employee experience, it's worker experience. Um, but in terms of the future, how does it impact things like that? Also, I'm thinking of uh, connectivity in the workplace, uh, the relationships that you build up with individuals, um, uh, a younger or more recent entrance to the workplace, sometimes how they pick up that necessary knowledge is from working with people, other people around them. So how how is it impacting the, I suppose, the relationship and connection side of work? But it's definitely impacting those things, and, and it will. 
but it's being left to chance with a lot of organizations and, and there is the, that's the nub of the issue really is that you shouldn't leave such things to chance because if you do then you might succeed but it's more through luck than judgment mostly though you'll fail and those things that you mentioned they'll suffer because you're leaving things to chance you have to be intentional about those things you have to consciously deliberately design opportunities for that mentoring or the the learning by watching others to take place or the relationship building if you just let people do as they want and come in and not come in whenever they want to without any structure to that then naturally yes relationships will deteriorate and naturally collaboration will suffer and organizational culture will deteriorate as well but if you craft the right opportunities for people to come in and do something with other people whether that's a new entrant spending time watching somebody who would come in on a certain day so they do as well, and then somebody else comes in the next day and that person watches them, and there's more structured relationship building and mentoring opportunities and collaboration opportunities and get-togethers and socialization. If you do all those things on purpose, you'll succeed. If you leave it to chance, you've no chance. So how would you define the role, I suppose, of... of uh people working in hr what 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 is their uh i won't say relationship with this but i mean what what are their responsibilities for um enabling all of this to happen well i can recommend a good book that covers this <laughs> in, in a lot more detail than, than i can and cover what, here and let's get the advert in what's that book called <laughs> uh, the book is called hr for hybrid working it's available for from all good booksellers uh including Amazon and lots of other places. And, and it covers the HR role and what's changed in, in hybrid working. How does that impact what we do when we are bringing people into an organization and how do we integrate them successfully into it? It changes the way that we manage performance as well. So we it talks about how we need to give managers guidance on, on managing my outcomes as opposed to input. It talks too about the importance of noticing how people are feeling when you're not co-located with them and checking in with them in different ways changes the hr role there also changes l and d and how we provide learning how we create learning opportunities for people so that so the book covers a lot of things like that in, in a lot more detail but the hr role has changed a lot because of this we have to be comfortable not having close physical proximity to all our stakeholders anymore and therefore interacting with them in different ways and encouraging them to interact in different ways different skill sets come to the fore at that point and some of the things i've been talking about are, are leaning us towards a an od organization design and development skill set being really critical to being a, a successful people practitioner in the future and i think that's really important we've got to navigate our organizations through this change we've got to craft organizations build them up in different ways than we've ever done before we've got to have the right skill set to be able to do that so i think there's a real challenge for people professionals to upskill on od upskill on change management upskill on coaching and, and mentoring and things like that okay um one of the things uh when when we've had a chat in the past that that uh was interesting to me was the concept of of a home as being uh, effectively a co-working space so you've got yeah. uh, two three could be four people uh depending on, mm. on i suppose age ranges in the family or if you're renting as as i've given the example before the 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 
uh, a property opposite where I'm sitting now, where I live, uh, you know, five people uh, flat share and they all work yeah. and they all work from home a lot of the time. Um, so it's, it's Homer's co-working space. And, and yeah. the, 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 I know the concept you and I have spoken before is about, you've got three or four people, different people working in this home co-working space. who have got three or four different employers uh, who've got three or four different uh, priorities. So how, how, does that impact um i suppose what you're seeing on hybrid working what what how do you make that work well it can make it impossible for some people and the example you give of the flat opposite you where there's five people it might be that there just isn't the space for them all to work from home on the same day and it may be impossible for them to coordinate that successfully so for those people and many others who haven't got the right environment at home to do it, hybrid working is not something that they can necessarily do successfully in the home. And that means we have to give them a, a space to do the type of work they would do at home, but on site in the office. So right now I'm I'm here in a, in a bedroom. It's, it's set up for me to work on solo stuff, focused work. And, and your study looks very similar where nobody's going to find you, nobody's going to interrupt you. You can get stuff done without fear of anybody coming and saying, can I just have a word? You need to have those kinds of spaces in the workplace as well. But let people who would like to do this type of stuff at home but haven't got the right home space to do it, do it in the workplace. But for other people, where there is much more flexibility about your home working space, You've got to almost agree in your household how things are done. Now, there's just me and my wife in, in this household, but that's tricky enough when, when we both work at home because there are certain spaces in, in our house that are good for certain things. I'm here in a bedroom right now, and it's got the, the best technical setup in the whole house, and it's good for lighting, it's good for audio, it's good for internet connections. So when I need something, need to do something that requires me to have top-notch bits of those. I've got to be in this particular room to do it. There's no other room in the house. But if my wife needs those things, we've only got one space in the house where that can happen. And we have to come to some kind of agreement. I was going to say we fight over it, but that sounds more dramatic than it is. We have to come to some agreements about who uses which bits of kit and which spaces according to which tasks we're doing. We also have to be mindful of uh, things like interruptions so there might be a knock at the door and what if we're both on a call like you and i are on right now we can't go to the door so we have to make sure if we're scheduling deliveries we we talk to the other people about whether that person can collect the delivery or can answer the door to whoever might arrive we've got issues around bandwidth on on our wi-fi and it ebbs and flows through, through the day like many people's will but if we're both doing things that require Big uploads, like video calls, so upload speed is quite important for those. That can be a real issue. Download speed tends not to be an issue, but upload tends to be an issue if we're both on video calls. Then we've got things like household chores. And this sounds quite a, quite a domestic thing, but if your house is your workplace and you're both working for the majority of the day, who does things like in the washing on and emptying the dishwasher and when do those things so it's almost like you you need to have an agreement at how you're going to manage the the integration of work and life 
school runs, another issue. We have to coordinate those in a, a bit more uh, with a bit more thought than we ever have. And then the issue of confidentiality as well. My wife and I both work from laptops and we can be sat next to each other at the kitchen table or on our on our sofa and we can see what the other person is working on. And that would lead to client confidentiality issues. And therefore, we need to have an agreement about how we're going to manage that type of stuff. Now, that doesn't mean writing it down, because I think if you write some of those things down, it takes away some of the magic of how it makes a relationship work. But we certainly need to discuss it. We certainly need to talk about those issues. And the more hybrid workers there may be in a particular household, the more important it will be to reach agreement on all of those things. Because again, if you leave it to chance, it could go badly wrong. So what would you say uh, is HR's role in this? Um, what what you've uh, described just now is very much, you know, two, three, four. It could be individuals in a, a home space or yeah. co-working space. Um, and that's, I suppose, a way, you know, some of the, the things that you were talking about there, in some respects, are nothing to do with with HR in your employer or, or you know, your, your manager or team leader. Um, so what should the input i mean does hr need to understand everybody's working arrangements or is it just is it just results oriented and as long as the results no, I, are there i i think we we do need to understand everybody's working arrangements not not necessarily whether we in hr need to but certainly the person's manager needs to because the person's manager needs to be comfortable that the environment around each individual is the right one the most conducive one for the tasks being undertaken that doesn't mean to say they need to do a home visit or they need the the nuances of all that, but they need to feel confident that the individual has got the right setup, the right environment, the right support around them. And we in HR, we need to be prompting managers to have those kinds of conversations. Much like if somebody were coming on site into the office, we wouldn't just leave them to fend for themselves, that making sure that they had a desk, that they had a laptop, that they had a connection, that they had all the different things they needed and knew all the different policies that are important to, to operate in the workplace, you wouldn't leave that to chance. So why do we think we should when we let them go home? We can't. Well, this has been a, a fascinating uh, chat. Um, that, that you've, you've raised a lot of things that, that, that I've never thought of because I, I just talk about, you know, remote, flexible, hybrid, asynchronous working as being one thing, but of course it's, it, it's not. Um, and the, 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 I suppose it's an ever-evolving, uh, it will be an ever-evolving topic. Yes. Because as yeah. more more people who come into the workplace uh, will want this flexibility in how, when and where they work and how they approach it. Um, so it, the, the, I suppose to wrap up, I mean, if, if, if uh, hopefully there are HR professionals, there are, are, are managers, leaders listening to this podcast, um, what would you say are the first two or three things that, that they need to do if they think, I've never thought about any of this before? Um, am I allowed to say that one of those could be buy and read my book? Okay, yeah, yeah. We, we shall mention again uh, <laughs> Gary's book, which is HR for Hybrid Working, published by Kogan Page, as indeed are, are yeah. my two books. Um, and that's obviously a great place to start. Uh, but okay. in general, what but would you say? aside from that? Yes, yeah. what are the first Talk two to or people. three things? Cool. Talk to people. It's so critical. Yeah, talk to people. Talk to as many people in the organisation as you can about the way they want to work, the tasks that they are doing and how they're doing those tasks. 
and build a picture of how work is currently being done and then figure out whether anything at all needs to change about that in order to make hybrid working work. Chances are quite a lot needs to change, but until you've spoken to people, you don't know. So consultation and engagement at the outset is the most critical thing to do. Don't be led by the arbitrary days of the week split because that's jumping many, many steps ahead. So think carefully about it. Okay, Gary, there's lots to ponder on from our chat today. Um, and uh, how can, if people want to know more other than buying your book, uh, uh, how can they contact you? What are your they can contact me on? And... Yeah, well, my website is epichr.co.uk. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. I'm Gary Cookson, and you can find me on Twitter and threads and Instagram as at Gary underscore Cookson. Okay. Uh, Gary, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, as always, and um, thank you you for your time. Thanks, Mervyn.